everybody. This is Chris. And Kathy. We wanted to take a minute to thank you all for tuning in. We appreciate every listener and are grateful for this platform. Please help us share our vision by subscribing to our show through your favorite streaming app. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Petability Podcast. Check out our ever-growing list of affiliates and sponsors. Simply go to the show notes for information and links. And be sure to use our promo code PETPOD22, that's P-E-T-P-O-D-2-2, on checkout to receive your discount from our affiliates. And now, here's a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Alon Landa, CEO of MedcoVet, and I'm a proud sponsor of Petability. We decided to partner with Chris and Kathy because, like them, we want to empower all pet owners who are trying to do the most for their pets. At MedcoVet, we specialize in advanced home laser therapy for pets. Laser therapy is a safe and effective treatment for common conditions like arthritis and wounds, and it relieves pain for most conditions caused by inflammation. With MedcoVet, pet owners can perform this treatment at home while receiving support from experienced clinicians. If you think your pet would benefit from healing at home, visit MedcoVet.com, and one of our clinical experts will work with you to determine if home laser therapy is the right fit for you and your pet. Tell them PetAbility sent you. Welcome to PetAbility. I'm your host, Kathy Simons. And I'm your host, Chris Cranston. Our podcast provides interviews and information to help your pets live their best lives. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, Chris. How are you on this fine, crisp winter day? I am lovely. I've already taken the dogs out uh, on a walk on the beach this morning. So my day has started it off wonderfully. Listen, my dog is still sleeping. I don't know what's going on. That's a good um, thing, Kathy. That's a good thing. We've made it a rule to never wake a sleeping pug. Like just we've that's a rule in our house. So we'll just we're gonna wait it out till he wakes up. <laughs> but um in any case, Chris, we have a great guest today. And her name is Lauren Kennedy. And she's a photographer and the founder of the Chili Project. And the Tilly Project connects pet owners with end-of-life photographers across the world. Their website also offers resources for pet loss, for adults and children, and uh, ideas on how to memorialize your pet and things to have in your grief box. And I know that you and I have done a show previously on on grief and end-of-life, and I just, I love that we're going to be talking about this because I think it's such a much-needed topic. But in any case, the Tilly Project was brought to my attention via another photographer friend of mine who was saying an end-of-life uh, pet photographer. And she said, you need to check this out. I have to admit, it, it took me about maybe 24 hours to check it out because I was a little worried about like, what was the feeling? What were the feelings that, you know, that it might invoke? And it did, you know, I went there and it, it invoked a lot of emotion, uh, but not exactly what I expected because what I saw in these these pictures that Lauren had taken is, there was so much beauty in it. There was so much beauty in these pictures. And what Lauren has done is captured the loving relationship between people and their pets. I imagine it's not easy as a photographer to capture a feeling or to capture an emotion. So it's not like we're taking in a photograph of an object. We're taking uh, photographs of love 
of relationships, of a history of relationships, photographing a stage in this you know, pet's life and the history with this pet and their family. And if I go through my phone, Chris, and I'm sure this is the case with you too, I have thousands of pictures of Mac on my phone and I'm just waiting for someone to ask me <laughs> if I have a picture that I can show of him. And my most favorite ones of him are attached to, to memories. So something that we did together or something you know funny that he did. And those are my favorite ones because it, it brings back this memory. And I imagine um, that having something tangible like these, these photos is helpful for these owners, not only to give them comfort um, during their grieving process, but also to retrieve all those wonderful memories about your pet, right? And, and seeing these pictures that Lauren takes really makes me think about the uh, human-animal bond and, and what a gift it is to share your life with a beloved animal and all they offer to our lives. So I'm excited to talk with, uh, with Lauren today. So please welcome Lauren to the show. Welcome, Lauren. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and to talk with both of you. Thank you. Your, your work is beautiful, Lauren. Um, and, and we'll we'll make sure we have the show notes for people in our show notes for people to get the link so that they can go there and look at all of your work. But let's just jump right in because I want to hear the story. How did this all come to be? And who is who is Tilly? Yeah. So this this started out, I've always been kind of um I've always been a huge animal person. And I guess I've always been kind of known as um someone who has resources for animals. And, you know, a, a person that um, kind of anyone can come to with questions, even if they're um, more unique questions. And so one day I found myself, um, a friend on Facebook reached out to me with kind of an interesting question, asking if she knew where her friend could get an urn for her dog who was going to be um, put down. And, you know, I... I didn't really have an answer for that. So I said, you know, let me do some research, but, you know, let her know that I'm a photographer. I've been doing photography since 2011. If she wanted any photos of her dog, I would be happy to take them. Wouldn't charge, you know, just let me know. So it was a very casual, like, feel free. If you want photos, I'd be happy to do them, but there's no pressure there. None of that. And we did the session. I did the session and it was with a four-year-old dog. And she ended up having cancer. And so we did this session. It was, again, it was my first time. I had never done it before. I didn't really know what to expect or anything like that. I hadn't met this family before. And it was so incredibly beautiful. And we did the session together and I learned so much. And I went ahead and I just put it out there. I already had a little bit of a following on social media. Nothing, you know, huge, but a little bit of a following. So I put it out there and it just blew up automatically. And I had a friend of mine um, who I know in real life comment that he was going to be doing a last beach walk with his dog the following day. And if there was a chance I could, you know, go out there and capture that. And, and that's how it, it began. It started out with this first session. And then I just kept getting requests and requests and requests. Um, and after a while, I started noticing that the the two kind of main themes that I was seeing was either people commenting who were so gracious and offering to kind of, you know, fly me across the United States and even to Canada and outside of the U.S. to capture their their family and their pet. 
who, you know, was at the end of uh, their lives, or I was getting photographers commenting with their information, just saying, you know, here, here's my information. I'm located here. Take it down in case you ever find a family who uh, needs the service in this area. And so it started out with kind of like a little sticky note or an index card with just a few names on it. And then it grew to a whole list of photographers. And when I started getting these requests in places that I was not able to go, you know, because traveling, it takes a lot out of you. And that's not something that I was able to do, especially during the height of COVID. I started trying to um, connect these folks. So I made a Facebook group and um, I thought I would give it a name and I'll get to that in a minute. But um, it it just started out as something so small. And then it just, it grew into something so incredibly beautiful. And uh, now we're over, you know, 8,000 members in our Facebook group. And we have well over 1,000 photographers worldwide um, on our directory. So it's been, it has been really incredible to see it grow into something so beautiful and something so needed. And so, yeah, I, I named it the Tilly Project. The, the Tilly Project was named after my cat, who I lost in um, a very traumatic way. And I'll leave out, uh, you know, the, the details of that. But it was a very freak accident. And it unfortunately happened right in front of me. Um, and it was, I think, the hardest thing that I have ever gone through. And so I thought, what better of a way to honor the love of my life than to speak her name frequently and have others speak it? And to speak it in a way that memori- not only memorializes a love, but celebrates a life. And so that's kind of how the Tilly Project came to be. Wow. Yeah, that's a, a lot there. <laughs> well, and, and the fact that, uh, you know, it grew so robustly and organically. Sure. You know, yeah. I think sometimes we all need to, you know, pause and 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 take note in our lives uh, about you know potential opportunities and things and and slow down and um, you know see like you did you know this this need out there you know filling a potential void for people and you know giving them that way to memorialize you know their their beloved pet and celebrate their their life I think it's just fantastic. Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate that. You know, I started getting different um kind of like news opportunities and it was it was great to be able to show the work that I was doing on a personal level but that could only go so far you know I could only help out so many families until I couldn't and that's when the Tilly project and you know the network and all of that really became a thing because now when I do these news shows I talk about the Tilly project as a whole not just my work which I think is impactful because, you know, even just doing a story on like my own personal photography and everything, it brings awareness that this type of photography is out there and available. Absolutely. But again, I can only serve so many families. I can only photograph so many families. So now being able to speak about the Tilly Project and have it be a resource and have it be a directory of available photographers across the world, it's just like, it's such an honor to be able to speak about. It's such an honor to be able to be a part of this and to be, you know, it's just, it's incredible. I'm so grateful for this opportunity and I'm so grateful to have a platform. Um, I think social media can often be spoken about in such a negative way because, you know, there are definitely negative components of it, but man, am I grateful every day to have a platform to share this with an entire community, especially revolving around pet loss and grief and anticipatory grief. Right. 
I think it's something that's maybe misunderstood sometimes about pet loss and grief. Um, and maybe family members or friends don't understand what you're going through when you lose a pet and how um, it's almost sort of a, a bit of a lonely experience if someone else doesn't get it. Like you're almost not allowed to have that level of grief for a pet, you know, and, and maybe they think you should grieve more for a person than a pet. But grief is grief and it's painful and and we need ways to cope with that. And sometimes people are closer to an animal than they are to any other human on the planet. And so I think that it's important to be able to recognize that for people. So, yes, I was just going to piggyback on that, Kathy, that, um, you know, what many people, especially those that that don't have pets, um, may not realize is is how unique that relationship between the, the pet and their person or family is. And we learned this in talking to uh, Lori Levine, who is a licensed mental health counselor. And the title of the podcast is called Believing and Grieving. And, and uh, you know, she pointed out that, you know, it, it's a very real wrenching and normal experience, you know, to go through this when you, you lose a pet. But back to that relationship being unique, it is unique because it's nonverbal. It's ever present. It's physical in nature and it's full of unconditional love. So, you know, being able to, to recognize that and honor that and celebrate that is, is fantastic. And this just gives us another avenue by which to do it. When Kathy brought this up to me, um, that, that she had been turned on to the Tilly project, you know, I immediately, it didn't take me 24 hours. I immediately went to the website and I was like, wow, I am blown away. And again, it was it was the emotion that was evoked in me um, by looking at these photographs. And, and it wasn't sad. It was just, again, so powerful. And, you know, I think that it was reminiscent of, you know, some of the emotions that I had experienced with my own pets in the past. And Lauren, this is the only podcast, and we have over 70 shows now that we've done. This is the only podcast where I've become tearful in preparing for this interview um, on multiple occasions. And again, not tears of sadness, but you know, rather tears of, of joy in what is captured in those those photos. Um, well, I appreciate you saying that. Thank you very much. And I think, you know, one of the things that I um, I hear frequently, I've done a couple of sessions with rats. I think people either love rats or they hate rats. Um, and quite frequently you hear, they're probably great. I just can't get over that tail, you know? Um, and I guess uh, what I was thinking about as it relates to this is I've had so many comments when I put it out there, a, a session I did with a rat named Velma people commenting and saying, I don't even like rats, but I'm sobbing over here or I'm sobbing over this rat that I don't even know Or you know, I'll even have other people say, I'm not a dog person, but I'm crying over this dog or I'm crying over this dog. And I, I don't even know this dog or this cat. And I, I think that this, you know, end of life photo photography, it brings up so many emotions, whether that be joy or loss or grief, any of those because we know it all so well and we can look at that moment and regardless if it's us or not we can relate to that and we can relate to that bond um so i'm, I'm thankful that not only does this photography serve the families that i'm capturing but i think it it helps on a, a bigger level 
because not only does it bring forth those conversations and allow for a community full of support and validation, but it's just, you know, it starts those conversations and it really, um, I think it, it can be impactful, even if people don't get the photography mm-hmm. done themselves, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wanted to see if we could go over some of the the goals of the Tilly Project. Can you talk a little bit about what uh, the Tilly Project offers? Yeah, absolutely. So the Tilly Project, it's an end-of-life pet photography network and directory. So we have our Facebook group. And again, that has, I think, well over um, 8,000 followers or group members, I should say. So it's a community in itself. So that's really nice. It does bring that community um, level to things um, and component. And then in addition to that, we have the tillyproject.org, which is that online directory of photographers who offer this service. In addition to that, I really want to focus on pet loss and grief and anticipatory grief resources. So we we have a grief toolbox on the website, and that is just filled with, it's, it is exactly the title. It's a toolbox. So What might work for one person isn't going to work for somebody else. So it's just a bunch of resources and you can take what you need. You can explore, you can just see what's out there and see what works for you and hopefully pass it on. We have a little section in there for children. um, And I really hope to expand upon that coming up. We also have different ways that you can memorialize your animal. I think kind of the same... um, ideas get put out there. So I tried to make it a bit unique and have a bunch of different things so that, you know, folks can choose from, um, you know, different ways that maybe feels right for them or feels right for a way to honor their pet. So yeah, that's kind of what we have going on. In the future, we have a a lot more goals uh, for the Tilly Project. But right now, that's kind of, you know, what we're focusing on is that community aspect and the resources and then the the directory for folks to be able to connect with photographers and families who are seeking the service. Lauren, you also have an educational component, and we haven't uh, directly touched on that. And I love this because, um, I'll paraphrase, hopefully I understand it. You also provide tutorials for photographers that are not professionals, you know, maybe work in a veterinary clinic or, you know, it's a friend of a family whose, whose pet loss is, is imminent. And you give uh, information um, and suggestions as far as language to use, you know, prompts, uh, questions to ask and, and so forth. Can you speak a little bit more about that. And and I think that's one of your missions too, is to make it accessible for everyone, that it doesn't have to be a professional uh, photographer per se. Absolutely. Accessibility for me is huge. That is probably one of the things that, you know, I, I really aim to make the Tilly Project is accessible, not only with knowledge, but, you know, I do offer my sessions for free. Not all photographers do. And of course, in the Tilly Project, we respect whatever choice uh, the photographer makes. If they need to charge because it's their business, we respect that. And we also welcome photographers who do offer it for free. So within the Tilly Project, I really did want to make it as accessible as possible. And I recognize that not everyone can afford doing these sessions if they have, you know, photographers in the area who only charge and maybe they're faced with a lot of veterinary bills or they just aren't able to afford a photographer or let's say they don't want a photographer. There's so many reasons that they couldn't have those professional services. So I wanted to make the education 
accessible for everyone. So how do you take a photo? You know, how do you take a photo on your cell phone? What are the ways that you can edit a cell phone picture and make it look like a high quality fine art photo? So a big component of the Tele Project, and I do have that, the tab on there is education on how to go about this for anyone, not just for photographers, but for anyone. One of the areas that I really hope to expand in next year is really reaching that, uh, you know, folks in the veterinary field and profession, because I think, you know, every single day they see uh, euthanasia um, and they have to perform it and everything like that. So it's like, how can they be taught how to take a photo? What are a couple of prompts or poses that they can use to snag a quick photo? Should it feel right in those situations? Yeah, right on the website, I have I have a, a few different tabs. I have like how to do different like poses and prompts, just some basic education on how to go about doing end of life pet photography. And that's an area that I really want to expand on. It hadn't occurred to me. And yes, you're right. Probably every single day we have at least maybe, you know, one, maybe two euthanasias. And if the moment was right and it was something that we think that would be beneficial to the owner, and someone was right there to capture that, that would be, that would be ideal. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because you do see folks, I mean, you know, before the Tilly Project was even a thought, before I was even doing photography, I had, you know, I've had animals my entire life and I had a cat named Nancy, a dog named Wilbur, you know, all of that. <laughs> and before both of their passings, I remember taking selfies with them on the day that they like right before they passed right. and in that moment I was so young that I don't think that I knew like why am I taking the you know what I mean I couldn't go mm -hmm. through the process of like what does this mean why am I taking this photograph other than I just want to be able to remember this moment so um you know and you you see folks posting photos right in in the um veterinary office or maybe they have a at-home visit right before the the animal passes so it's been it's been happening. It's like how do we elevate that? How do we give these tools to not just photographers, but to anyone to be able to have that knowledge? Like, oh, you know what? It looks like you're taking some photos. Have you thought of doing this pose? Let's get a close up of like the paw on your hand. I think that would be really special. So just having those tools and that knowledge and the language to be able to use, I think if more folks had that, it would just be it would just really honor more lives and it would invite that grief and give a sense of validation. I think it would do so many things. So, Or even to realize that this is okay. This can be part of your grieving process to take Absolutely. these photos um, is okay. Absolutely. A couple things came to mind that have resonated. And, you know, Lauren, you referenced that there are maybe many reasons why, you know, a professional uh, photograph may not be accessible. And, um, you know, it's great that that uh, many times it's not cost prohibitive for folks if, if photographers are offering their services for free. But also, you know, I think about like how personal this journey may be and, and the emotion at the end of life. And I'm sure some people are not comfortable with a stranger, if you will, no matter how professional mm -hmm. they are, um, you know, capturing these moments. And so maybe better um, feel better about having a friend or family member, you know, take these photographs. For me, it brought up uh, my experience with my soul dog, Dagny, and she died suddenly um, at my place of work. I found her and I rushed her to the emergency and they couldn't bring her back. 
I called my partner and they put me in a room uh, with, with Dagny. Heidi came in and I said, I wanted pictures and I'm crying now. <laughs> she had already passed, but I, I needed that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for some of these people out there, maybe just looking at the website and like you said, having some ideas ahead of time, because we may not always know it may happen suddenly. And, you know, to be able to capture, you know, hopefully when they're still with us, but even if they're not, you know, our, our photographs were certainly not professional, nonetheless, very meaningful. Absolutely. That's, I'm, I'm really sorry to hear um, about that. When Tilly passed away, uh, it was a very similar uh, situation. It was, you know, freak accident happened right in front of me. And I rushed her to the emergency room as well. However, she had already passed. It was uh, instantaneous when she passed. They tried to revive her and do CPR on her, but were unsuccessful again because she had mm -hmm. already passed. And um, I think she ended up actually breaking her neck is what happened. And they they took her and they tried to revive her and then they couldn't. And I never got her body back and I never got to spend uh, any time with her. Mm -hmm. So when folks have stories like, um, Chris, you are sharing, or I get comments saying, I never got to have this, you know, I, I would have loved to have had this. You know, I, I just, I guess in, in me saying this, I'm just empathizing and saying that I'm right there with you. And I always try and put a kind of a message out there that if you never had professional photos or maybe you never had photos at all, it does not make your grief or your love or anything any less valid. And I think that's so important for folks to hear. And Chris, I'm so thankful that you had that opportunity to have those moments captured, regardless if they were with a professional camera or with, you know, a cell phone. Me um, too. So I'm, I'm very grateful I, that you had that opportunity. And again, I'm so sorry for your loss. It's, it's very difficult when you do lose that, that heart or your soul animal, no matter what type it is. So um, thank you, Lauren. And, and this is another first. This is the first time I've, I've cried <laughs> interviewing, <laughs> I guess. So. <laughs> well, it speaks to the power of what what the Tilly Project is and, yeah. and our connection to animals. And, you know, I had a, a dog who I adopted many years ago who nobody wanted because he had cancer. And I knew I wouldn't have him for a very long period of time. And when it started to look like it wasn't going to be much longer, I had the photographer who I know, my friend, uh, who, who was a end-of-life photographer, came and took pictures of him. And I can't tell you how grateful I am to have those pictures. I mean, this dog had, he was a pug and he had the most amazing double curl cinnamon bun tail you've yeah. ever seen. Like it exuded magic. Like yeah. it was just pure love. And to have a moment to even see it again, you know, on a photograph just brings back that feeling, right? Of, of uh, how much love he had and how much he exuded love. And to be able to see his little paw and his double tail it actually makes me think of, of good times with him, you know, and the session was good too. And I imagine that there's probably an impact on the photographer too. Uh, Lauren, how does that affect you? I mean, this is a really intimate thing to be invited into. How is it impacting you? Yeah. You know, these sessions that I go into, they're very, um, they're filled with emotions and filled with a huge sense of vulnerability. I mean, these families are welcome, welcoming me in during some of their most um, you know, just vulnerable moments. I keep saying that word, but I think that that is, is truly a word that, that kind of captures it. 
And vulnerability is both beautiful and it can, you know, be sad and there's so much associated with it. So when I go into these sessions, I feel like I'm always asked how I don't cry during these sessions. And I think my answer to that is I am there to capture moments for this family and for all of these families. And to do that, if I were to get carried away with emotions or, you know, if I were to become um, tearful or, or cry, which I don't think there's anything wrong with. I just, I know myself. And let me tell you, once I start crying, it's, you know, <laughs> I, there's no stopping. And um, I, I don't, I don't want that because yeah. it's about this family. So I try and take up as little space as possible with my own emotions. And I recognize that they would be a distraction for me. So I'm able to just kind of put those away and to really focus in on the moment and still be present and still allow those emotions, welcome them in, but I don't allow them to be a distraction for myself. Mm -hmm. So it has a huge impact on me. And, you know, I think at every single session, it reminds me of the trauma that I have been through and allows me to continue to work through that. And they always leave me feeling inspired and questioning how I can do more and how I can help these families. Mm. So it's, you know, it's just, it's a heart-wrenching and a beautiful thing at the same time. And I think uh, recognizing that both of those can be present is, um, you know, a a great way for me to move forward and to have uh, this sense of inspiration coming from the shoots. You think that's what motivates the photographers that have joined this network, you know, obviously it's not a money thing. Um, Have some of them shared, you know, with you um, or on the Facebook page, you know, why they have chosen to become part of this network, given the the potential heaviness of the moment or emotional toll that that may take on them? Yeah, absolutely. I'd say the most frequent thing that I hear, like reason that people have joined is because they have had an animal that they've really, really connected to. And they know how hard it is to grieve and to lose a pet. And they want to offer something for other pet parents and families who are in that exact situation. I've had other folks who have also joined to honor their pet for no other reason, you know, like that's the reason mm-hmm. they want to honor their pet through doing this work. So it's it's a really, really beautiful thing. You photograph all types of pets, right? Not just dogs and cats and rats. Have you had experience with other photographing other animals? You know, I have only photographed uh, dogs primarily. Um, and then I'd say cats next. I photographed one horse named Dennis. He was 38 years old. Um, wow. And yeah. Wow. I, it, it, I mean, you know, it was such a beautiful experience. I really know nothing about horses other than I think that they're absolutely beautiful. But, you know, like the body language and everything, it, give me a cat, a dog. Yeah. I, I can, I, I feel like I can read them very well. And, you know, I can see like when they're stressed out and everything like that. I know nothing about horses. So I was um, very grateful that I had that opportunity to learn and to capture that love and, and to learn from, you know, different horse families and everything. And I photographed three rats so far. So those mm-hmm. are the only animals that I've had the opportunity to, opportunity to capture, though I welcome any species because honestly, I welcome any species, as silly as it sounds, if someone were to come to me and say, 
here's my hermit crab, here's my goldfish, I really <laughs> love it. I would welcome that with open arms because who am I to be the judge of what love is and right. what a meaningful relationship is? And if someone comes to me and they've had that goldfish for, you know, a year and it means a lot, I'm going to honor that. And quite honestly, I would love to get into all different species. Not that I want them to, you know, I never, and I think language really matters. And it's something that I am um, constantly checking myself on. Because I never want families to be in this situation. I never, you know what I mean? But if I'm allowed the opportunity to capture that, I feel great honor in that. I do not wish any pet parent to be in this situation or to come to me, but I feel great honor that they have chosen me and allow me to be a part of that. So yeah, I welcome any animal. And in the future, I will be honored to capture a variety of species just so that it relates to, you know, it makes those kind of unique animals feel just as validated with that grief as well. Right, right. Uh, Chris and I have seen a variety of animals, you know, dogs and cats and um, bunnies and, and guinea pigs and stuff. And it's you're right. You're absolutely right. You love who you love. I mean, I have um, a patient who's a duck. Uh, her name is Janet Quaxon because she's part of the Quaxon Five. And they they love Janet Quaxon so much, and she is their beloved pet. And I could see, you know, you, whatever you love wanting to, or whoever you love wanting to uh, memorialize that, um, and, you know, yeah, and look back on that. And Janet's fantastic, you know, she's just Janet Quaxon. Um, and she's just as wonderful and loving and beautiful as anybody else's pet. Yeah, I mean, I've always wanted a duck. I've always wanted, I think, any type of species out there. Um, but yeah, um, it, it's so true. You know, like who, who are we to decide what species or what type of animal is more worthy than others? So that's why I just any animal you want to bring to me, I will. You're down. I'm down. Absolutely, absolutely. What, absolutely. what is it, What is it, Lauren? About your about your eye that you're able to capture this as it, able to capture these moments as feelings. You, I mean, that's actually what it is to me. It's like you're capturing emotion. It's yeah. not like you're taking a picture of a bowl of fruit. What is it about your eye that you can catch a feeling in a photograph? Oh man, that's a really great question. Thank you for asking that. I'm not sure if I can answer that, but what I will say, I have always loved documentary photography. So I think that that kind of knowledge and that background and me just kind of being like obsessed with that from such a young age has allowed me to view photography in kind of like a different way than the classic, more like commercial photography, if that makes sense. And so during these shoots, what I'll often do is rather than doing poses, I'll do prompts. And I think that by doing prompts, it allows for more natural moments. So for instance, rather than just saying to the family, okay, I'm going to have you, you know, I'll get together and let's look at the camera and smile. What I'm going to say is, all right, I would love for you to get down on the level of, you know, your cat and go ahead and just, just give your cat some love because that can mean something different for every single family. And it allows them to be natural and to do natural things. Right. Like if you were to say to me and my cat, Percy, I wish you all could see him. He's sitting here with me. Um, if you were to say to me, like, OK, go ahead and give Percy some love. I'd scoop him up like a baby and I'd give him kisses on his chin. You know what I mean? That's what he loves. And that's his thing. But, you know, Chris, I could say to you, go ahead and give your your pet some love. And that could be 
I'm going to get on the ground and we're going to roll around and we're going to give all the belly rubs in the world, you know? So those, it just means a different thing for every single family. And I think by giving these general prompts, it allows for moments to happen, you know, and natural moments and kind of, um, it's just more candid moments. So I, I try and do that as much as possible. You definitely have have a unique talent. And, you know, again, capturing the spirit, the relationship between the pet and their family, it's it's palpable through the images right. and and the ability to evoke, you know, this this raw emotion. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. That that means a lot um to me to hear because, you know, that's what I, I aim to do, you know, is to just capture these these moments in time, a, a snapshot wow. in time for families to be able to look back on and to really cherish and allow them to, um, you know, utilize during their time of uh, navigating that grief. Sometimes I kind of view my photography almost like a movie. I almost feel like, um, almost like I'm the director, not because I'm trying to put my spin on things, but because I'm calling out prompts i'm saying okay why don't you go ahead and do that and i just snap away and then later i, I look through and i find these really beautiful moments because of those prompts right. you know because right. of that direction right. not posing but the direction mm -hmm. yeah not a pose you mentioned earlier that i just remember being in some professional photography sessions and uh you know like you said they they ask you to do something and it feels so awkward. And even mm -hmm. my smile feels so unnatural. Absolutely. So, you know, getting getting the the people and the pets lost in the moment, Absolutely. I think is is key. So, Chris, I'd like to take a break here, if you don't mind, to mention our sponsors. Heads Up Pets Water Collar. Water safety is a priority when it comes to our pets. And the unique design of this collar will keep your pet's head and nose above the water, even if they become unconscious. So visit their website at savedogsfromdrowning.com. Let's also mention uh, Dr. Busby's toe grips. How many times have Chris and I talked about the importance of traction almost every episode? So check out Dr. Busby's toe grips at toegrips.com. Toe grips are gonna help prevent slipping, splaying, and those painful falls on slippery surfaces. And last, but certainly not least, at dogsbestlifebox.com, the enrichment subscription box. Enrichment is the spice of life and your dog will thank you for everything in that box. Remember to use the promo code PETPOD22 on checkout. That's P-E-T-P-O-D-2-2, all capital letters. Use the promo code at checkout with any one of these sponsors and you'll receive your 10% discount and proceeds will go to help our show. Hey, Kathy, I think now may also be a good time to mention our New Year survey that we're launching in 2023. So the purpose of the survey is that we want to understand you and your pets better to ensure that our content is relevant, helpful, and interesting to you as our listeners. Please complete this survey no later than January 31st, 2023, and you'll be entered to win a $100 Amazon gift card. So one winner will be selected at random and notified via email. The link will be in our show notes. It will also be on all of our social media channels. And uh, again, we can only get better with your help. So Lauren, I cannot believe with all that you've shared that the Tilly Project was born in 2021. 
It's yeah. only November of 2022 as we're doing this recording. Do you have any idea how many people with their pets have taken advantage of the services offered by the Tilly Project? Do you have any data on that or any idea? You know, I don't. Um, and I wish that I did. I posted a video yesterday on TikTok just, you know, announcing some things about the Tilly Project, which I think we're going to get to in a minute. And I was just, you know, talking about the Tilly Project. And I had a, so many comments of people saying, you know, because of the Tilly Project, I was able to do a photography session with my boy before he passed. And I get these comments all the time. And sometimes I feel like, you know, like with the success I've had and with how big this has become, sometimes I feel like I don't fully um, understand or I can't like wrap my mind around all of this. Like the Tilly Project is making it possible for hundreds of families. I know that. I know it's hundreds of families to have this happen. I don't think I will ever wrap my mind around that. Right. And I don't just like, it just blows my mind every single day. So I don't have an exact number because again, you know, when this was first started out, it was just like a website that I was doing with photographer and like where they were located. And that's it. You know, I never expected it to really grow to be this size, nor do I really know how to capture that data. You know, you know, if you have over a thousand photographers worldwide, yes. And if each one of those photographers just took one picture, mm -hmm. I mean, or had one session, if you will, right. Right. Um, you know, then that'd be a thousand right there, you know, and, and you said hundreds. Well, I think you need to exponentiate that because then you have all the folks that we were talking about that aren't even seeking the services of one of the photographers in the network. Maybe right. it's another photographer. Maybe Absolutely. it's a family member. Maybe they're doing it themselves. So right. I think you have no idea the vastness and yeah. how many lives you're potentially touching. Yeah, it, it, I, I can't wrap my mind around. And I'm, a, I, you know, I'm, I'm not the best person to like take, not praise, but like, I don't know. I just, I like what I do and recognition is great if it helps out others. So sometimes for me to step back and to be like, wow, you know, like I'm the founder of an, you know, like I'm the founder of this and I started this. It's so like, I can't wrap my mind around it. And I don't mm -hmm. think I will ever be able to. Um, so I really appreciate you taking the time to bring this, um, you know, up and to really um, recognize that it really means a lot to me. And I still can't wrap my mind around it, but mm -hmm. I'm so, I'm so grateful for well, this opportunity. It's such a great way to memorialize Tilly too, you know, like what a, what a wonderful way to make something of the grief. Absolutely. And, and, you know, like, like Kathy and I alluded to, you know, we had not heard of it. And then hopefully by, you know, sharing it in this venue, you know, it will, it will grow even more because this fits so perfectly in our wheelhouse and that we try to provide information and resources to our listeners who then tell their friends and family and, you know, about things that, that aren't, uh, you know, widely known at this point in time. So we're trying to, you know, get the word out there about many things, but we're especially uh, excited to to help you, you know, share, share this humble vision of yours. One thing I wanted to ask you is, have you gotten any feedback? I'm sure you have from 
the people that that you've helped? What have been some of the comments on Facebook? You know, how how has this impacted those individuals? Uh, what kinds of things are they sharing with you during the sessions, after the sessions, and maybe even, you know, months down the road? I think that through doing this type of photography, I have received the most genuine gratitude like expressed towards me, you know? And I think that that's something that I really appreciate about this type of photography is just how genuine it is. And I constantly will get comments either from the families that I have served or from other, you know, folks viewing my work or from some of the Facebook um, group members, just this like rat, this gratitude. And it, always takes me back it always takes me back the type of things that people say so i'm i'm so grateful for it but i think um you know again for this type of photography to be out there i think it does help out folks in their own journey with grief and with the families that i capture it not only allows them to have a memory of their animals but it does allow them kind of like an aid to um to just kind of walk through that grief and to n- navigate it and to be able to look back at those moments there's something so beautiful about when families welcome in a puppy or a younger dog into the family and you take those pictures and you share those posts. There's something really beautiful about being able to do that in their final stages of their lives and honoring them in that same exact way and capturing those moments and giving that same amount of energy to them that I think is just is really beautiful. So I'm so thankful to be a part of that. You know, Tilly passed away like five years ago, over five years ago. And I still struggle with the grief. So I just try and be as like transparent as possible. And I try and bring up topics and thoughts that maybe others don't talk about because they feel like ashamed or guilty or whatever those feelings are. And I just, I don't know, I speak of it because I feel like if if one person speaks about it or is able to express those feelings, then maybe it's impacting one other person. And that would be my hope. Just one other person. If I can you know, even impact them in some way. I mean, that's better than anything I could ever ask for. Well, rest assured, I think you've you've met that goal and Thank you far, so far exceeded it. I appreciate that. So before we uh, close here, is this your full-time job or do you actually have a, a quote day job that, that you do? Oh, I have a day job. Yeah, no, I do the Tilly Project. I do it out of pocket right now. Um, and I just kind of do it like on, I would say I still do it full time, but it's not my full time job. Like wow. I make no compensation out of it, if anything. Um, well, it, it, you're so passionate about it. Um, you know, so it's, it's a, it's a passion project, you know, and in, in terms of um, how you utilize your time and, and uh, I, just how successful it's been, how it's grown. That's why I wanted to ask that. Cause I'm like, how does she, do all of this, manage all this if she's also working, you know, full-time doing uh, other things. So very amazing. Kudos, Lauren. Thank you. I actually, um, both of you might find this interesting and I'm not sure if you you know this about me, but I actually work in wildlife rehabilitation for my day job. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm the director of development there. So I do all the behind the scenes things uh, for a local wildlife rehab. And it's really incredible to be able to work with animals in that way. Um, and I'm also on the board of directors for a local, um, it's called Finally Home Senior Dog Rescue and Retirement Home. So I do some work there as well, but 
um, again, that's not a paid position. So the wildlife center is my, uh, my income and focusing on school and nonprofit management right now. I, I think you uh, may have some breaking news that you'd like to share. We, we saved this for last because it's just happened. Yes, absolutely. And there have been a couple of times where I've almost slipped up, but um, I, you know, I <laughs> wanted to save it for the end. So yeah, as of yeah, as of two days ago, um, the Tilly Project is now a nonprofit, which is so exciting. Yay. We're in the process of becoming a five hundred one c three, you know, that status. But right now, we are uh, listed as a nonprofit corporation, which is. So extremely exciting. So what is the significance of, of, of that and for you and for the organization? And I do want to tell folks, because this is pre-recorded, that two days ago is November 16th, 2022. Mm-hmm. So that's that's when uh, it was announced about the nonprofit status. But yeah, tell us about what, what the significance is, Lauren. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be really incredible. It just allows us to do a lot more, you know, now that we are going to be able to accept donations. Because I do want to say the families that I photograph, some of them, if they are able to, they can be very generous and they'll, you know, either donate to like the place that I work, the wildlife center, or they'll give me like a tip for gas, which mm-hmm. I use specifically for gas. So now with the Tilly Project, being able to accept donations we are really going to be focusing on three main things. We'll be doing some gas reimbursement for photographers. So to make it possible, it would get a little bit too difficult, you know, just giving money or sort of like grants, you know. So we're going to do gas reimbursement to make it a little bit easier for these sessions to happen. We will be um, doing awareness about the Tilly Project. So we'll be having brochures and business cards to hand out to different veterinary uh, you know, establishments and clinics and everything. And then also what I really hope to do is to really bring in education as well, but then also some counseling or some, you know, support in that way for pet loss. So those are kind of the areas that we're going to be, um, expanding on. So, um, that's where the donations are going to be kind of distributed and um, really bringing that awareness about the Tilly Project and doing gas cards to make it a little bit easier or, you know, to help photographers out, especially the folks who are doing this, you know, volunteering, making sure at least they can break even. So a lot of big plans and um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what the future is going to hold for the Tilly Project. I think that there's so much potential there. Me too. I can't wait to see how this grows. I'm really excited for you. Congratulations. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And by the rate that it's grown so far, and now given this change in your status, I don't know, Absolutely. Lauren, I'm thinking this this might turn into a full-time job for you. Yes, I think so. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. It's a calling. Kathy yeah. and I talk about our callings. This is a calling awesome. for you. Definitely. Yeah. I, um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing, you know, what it turns into. Cause I mean, the end of life pet photography, I've only been doing that for a year. And then probably five months later is when I started the Tilly project. So mm-hmm. all of this is just, you know, it's new. So, um, I, and you know, the Tilly project on TikTok, we have over 13 million views on the hashtag. So wow. really looking forward to seeing how it is going to expand and and sort of what is out there and how can we make an impact on the world of pet loss? Because I really think that, I think grief in general 
death and grief in general in the U.S. is an area that is lacking. Absolutely. And then right. I think you break it down even further into pet loss and grief. And I think it's even less, you know, like it is even less. And I can't tell you how many times I've been told, oh, she was just a cat. Right. And that I say, no, I'm going to stop you right there because no, she wasn't. She was my entire heart <laughs> right. and soul. So we're not going to do that. Right. So I think that just, you know, having that support and that community and those resources is, if nothing more, that alone is really needed in the, in the community. And, you know, I think also with this type of photography, I think burnout within the veterinary field is so extensive and everything. So I I don't want to think that I'm playing any part in um, making anything like that better. But I'd like to think that maybe with those euthanasias, being able to have those tools to take a few extra photos, maybe that would be a, a nice tool for veterinarians and those who work in that field to have as well. So maybe it would make a, a small impact within that field to, you know, just bring some sense of closure for the professionals as well in those cases. Does that make sense? I'm not sure. If yeah, it, yeah. Does. it does. Great thought. Lauren, I absolutely agree with you too, that um, in the United States, the culture around death and dying is not a healthy one. You know, we we struggle to speak about it. We struggle with how to to acknowledge it. Um, we feel very awkward, and I think that it may be slowly changing. You know, we're talking about good deaths and things like that, even in the human world, and how do we orchestrate um, and facilitate a good death? And I absolutely agree with you that this project, the Tilly Project, can can help around that. And I know I've. I've told so many people about the Believing and Grieving podcast, and I've, I've gotten feedback that it was very helpful, and even it helped people to process not only their pet loss, but friends and family member loss. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's all the same. You know, grief is grief, as Kathy said early on, and so we've, we've come full, full circle in that. Definitely. You know, I, I volunteer for a couple of, um, for one other organization that actually does this type of photography, you know, providing um, complimentary remembrance photography for families with babies who they've lost. It's called Now I Lay Me Down to Sleep. It's a really great organization. And I've done a couple of shoots for families who also have a family member with a terminal illness. So in the future, it's not another nonprofit that I think I, I could take on. But I do mm -hmm. hope, you know, to maybe inspire more, um, you know, like end of life human photography, because I, I feel like that could be so beneficial mm -hmm. for so many folks. And there are there are organizations out there that do this, but just utilizing my platform mm -hmm. and everything to mm -hmm. even push that. Because I think once, and it, it sounds kind of um, not silly, but um, I don't want to minimize it. But sometimes once things become a trend and feel like, okay, everyone's doing this. It's okay for me to do it. Yeah. Then more they become normalized. It. Exactly. So it's like, I don't want to minimize it to something of just a trend. But once it becomes like accepted within the community, then more people feel more comfortable with doing it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, so does. I'm looking forward to seeing how just this end of life pet photography can 
spark other things and, yeah. and well, really just become more uh, generalized. Exactly. Across, across and just species. Yeah. And bring up living humans. Right. Absolutely. And just to start having those conversations about death, even if it's, we just start talking about pets, you know, like, I don't know. So I think it's very transferable because death is going to happen to everyone. So you've started the conversation. Yeah. Yeah, And I think that's very important. So Lauren, as we're closing up, is there one final thing that you'd like to leave our audience with? Yeah, no, I just, you know, I really appreciate the chance to come on here and to um, talk about the Tilly Project. And it's something that has always, you know, ever since I started doing pet photography and end-of-life pet photography, it has been a thought in the back of my mind. And now to see it um, come to fruition and to be named after the animal in my life who has taught me the truest form of love, I think is a really beautiful thing. And I guess, you know what, the thing that I would like to leave the audience with is there's a stage of grief that not a lot of folks talk about because, you know, you have the the classic stages of grief, but then there's also a stage of grief where you do something with it, where you take that grief and you do something kind of like productive with it or just do something with it. And I think that with my losing Tilly and now having it kind of come full circle and being able to to name this project after her and to honor other folks' pets in the way that I would have loved the chance to have honored her, I think it's a really beautiful thing. So I encourage folks who are navigating grief to really think about that one that one stage that isn't talked about as frequently, what can you know you do with this grief? Even if it's as something as small, and I put that in quotation marks because it's not small at all, it's just memorializing your animal in a certain way. So I guess that's the last thing that I would leave folks with. This has Thank been you. a wonderful, wonderful conversation. Thank you, Perfect. Lauren. Yes. Thank you so much for having we me. We could go really on for another hour with that yeah. conversation. Lauren. You're fantastic. You're so humble. You're doing a fantastic thing. And I can't wait to see what 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 else the Tilly Project is going to bring. What else is it going to bring to um, the pet community? So thank you very much for being here. Yeah, thank you, Kathy and Chris. I really appreciate, appreciate both of you having me here and to be able to speak about it. I really appreciate both of you. Thank you so much. So uh, Lauren, where can people find you before you go? Where can people find you if they're interested in, in learning more about the Tilly Project? Yeah, definitely. So uh, you can head right on to thetillyproject.org, and that's the Tilly, T-I-L-L-Y, project.org. Um, or you can head onto Facebook and look up the Tilly Project. We have both our um, our network, which is a Facebook group, and then we also have a Facebook page as well. Um, you can also, if you're not going to remember any of this, just head on to Google and type in the Google, uh, type in the Tilly Project and plenty will pop up. If you're interested in looking at uh, my personal photography, um, you can go on to Instagram and it's just Lauren Smith Kennedy and I have a Facebook page as well. Wonderful. Thank you, Lauren. Thank and, you so much. Sorry, I just want to interject here. Lauren, you also have a, a TikTok Oh, yes. I have a TikTok. Yes. Thank you. Um, yes. And so on is TikTok, TikTok for, for Tilly and you or just? 
Um, the TikTok account is just my work right now. Um, but I do hope to get the Tilly project on Instagram and potentially TikTok in the future. Just haven't done it quite yet. So, but yes, I am personally on TikTok and it's again, Lauren Smith Kennedy. Thank you, Lauren. It was wonderful talking with you. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate your time and um, allowing me the space to be able to talk about the Tilly Project and end-of-life pet photography. Thank you so much. Bye, Lauren. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed our show. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at Petability Podcast. For more information about Kathy's books and living with blind dogs, please visit EnableYourPet.com. Thank you, and please tune in next time.